politicians are always saying, well, we couldn't possibly get that done. You need uh, the three-legged stool, right? That's the, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the great one. And so it's like, it's always the four-legged stool, right? Yeah. Because that's what a politician says. They go, you got to, well, we can't possibly do anything. We don't have the presidency. And then you get the presidency. Well, well there's nothing we could do. We need a veto-proof Senate. Mm-hmm. Well, we need the Supreme Court. It's always another excuse, right? Yeah. Well, we don't. We couldn't override a president and override a governor. There's always an excuse <laughs> why they could never get liberty passed. Mm-hmm. That is a politician, and we know all those excuses. So that was all pointed. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Truth Hurts, where we expose corrupt politicians, lying corporate media. Sometimes we get in like a good conversation right before we go on air. Mm-hmm. I just bring you in. What, what the heck? There's no rules, right? No <laughs> rules in podcasting. It's a hang. We we were bringing this new customer, and we were talking about no rules, and then that kind of blew up my face. I was like, oh, actually, there should be some rules. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if this is the first time you're watching The Truth Hurts, we expose corrupt politicians lying corporate media. We're a new age media. This is where you learn the truth or what we believe to be the truth. Navigating this world like everyone else, right? Uh, but on this show, we got political operatives, myself, Mega Jesse. What are we talking about today, Mega Jesse? Oh, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff. Uh, some Minnesota-focused issues to uh, start things off because there is a Minnesota budget surplus where, uh, you know, of course... The Democrats and rhinos are doing everything in their power to prevent the people from getting their budget uh, surplus money back. All of that was overtaxed ours that belongs back to the people. Uh, Finky and uh, the woke company in uh, the Minnesota State House is looking to mandate the pride flag in schools and other government buildings. Uh, we got a good ad to look at from a hardcore Second Amendment candidate. Uh, we're going to talk about the government shutdown, Hunter Biden, a review of the caucus. And then we got our very own Tucker. Uh, in the news here in Minnesota. <laughs> he has no idea. Is he in the comments He's in the yet? comments here, right, yep. Tucker, gonna... Yeah, he just said, uh, just seen that DeSantis signed legislation to release Epstein documents. I had seen something on that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but who knows uh, the full detail and scope of uh, what we're going to uh, be able to expose from that, but uh, it could be a good move. This episode's brought to you by Alpine Cabinetry in East St. Cloud, and it's also brought to you by Warren Wessel of Warren Wessel Realty, which you can go to warrenwessel.com, warrenwessel.com. There you go. It's kind of a tongue tired, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mean of his mom to name him the same <laughs> same letter of his last name, Warren mm-hmm. Wessel. Uh, great guy. Thinks like you and me. We've had him on the show many times. Great sponsor of the show. If you're buying a home, you're selling a home, you give Warren a call, 612 612- 419-7453 or go to warrenwessel.com. Running the dials as usual, Mr. Deep State himself, Dawson. That's me. Hello, guys. I Hi. shouldn't call you Deep State. I should call you Devil's Advocate Dawson now, right? You can. Always yeah. playing the Devil's Advocate. Why do you advocate for the Devil so much? Why do I advocate for the Devil? Well, that's what a Devil's Advocate is, right? This is one of my favorite things to do. There I like, you go. I like, I like, I like uh, stirring, the, stirring the pot. There you go. Well, we like to stir the pot around here. Uh, if you want to join us at any time, go into the comment section on Rumble. That's what we mostly monitor. If you want to interrupt us, Rumble Rants. Uh, like and subscribe to the show. And we also have a new YouTube channel up. True, can you put it in the notes section or something like that? Um, I, I will do my best, yeah. Uh, just, just in case anything ever happens to Rumble, it's still good for us to utilize YouTube. Obviously, we don't want to put too much time and effort into someone that would censor us. Of course, it's our new page. They haven't censored that yet. <laughs> Don't forget our locals. And locals. Put that in there. Join us on Locals Media. We're getting two subscribers per day on there, I think. So it's new media. And I think 
it's got a lot of promise. So I'm just getting used to it. So get used to it with me. There you go. That's my pitch for locals. All right, let's get right into the news story of the day. Uh, this is on the truthhurtsnews.com. That's our new website. New everything. Isn't this crazy? Mm-hmm. New everything. So truthhurtsnews.com. And you can see uh, we have a Minnesota budget surplus of $6.6 billion. Now, if you're not from Minnesota, which I know we have people in our audience, this is actually really interesting to see because you're probably going to see similar things in other states. But the government keeps over-collecting or over-taxing us. Now, this is no mystery to me. When they print money out of thin air and hand it out to people, it actually means there's more money flowing around our economy, and those eventually get back into the government coffers. So it's not a big mystery why states have been over collecting for so many years but here's the deal when you over collect let's just say you're a wait staff and you charge someone more than the service that they uh intended to get you give that back to them and it's like lost on politicians in fact democrats think well this is an investment opportunity we can invest it in more wasteful government projects and in minnesota a billion dollars to nonprofit organizations and half of them probably ripping us off. Right. And if you don't know about the feeding our future fraud in Minnesota, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So here's the numbers. Okay. This is an economic report. And this is the big one, by the way, at the Minnesota Capitol, everyone pays attention to the February numbers because it steers the decision-making at the Capitol during the legislative session. Our legislature meets from basically January or in off years like or in election years like this year, February, till May. Basically a third week of May. They adjourn. They're done for the year. Okay. So the February forecast says, hey, this is the money and resources that are at stake here. So this is the numbers they show. Um, and basically we started with this massive surplus. That's why there's a sixteen billion dollar beginning balance. We project in this biennium $61 billion in revenues. The Democrats increased spending by, it was like, gosh, was it over $15 billion? So up to mm-hmm. $70.5 billion. So they were going to pay for that because you can see there wasn't enough revenues to match that. They're paying for that with your surplus. You see that beginning balance? There should not be a beginning balance. That should be in your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. That should be in your bank account. The Democrats said, we're going to spend that money. By the way, I have to also say Republicans didn't didn't give that back either. Mm-hmm. When Republicans had control of the Senate, when they had control of both House and Senate, they never gave back the budget surplus. So it's actually a problem with both parties. It's all talk. It's, it's all, all talk, talk with the Republicans. The Republicans will pretend like they're going to do something about the surplus. They'll do a rally. They'll say what exactly what we want to hear. Then they'll go and spend it. So uh, especially when you look at the bonding bill, when you look at uh, all these uh, different spending bills that were passed in the last session, uh, a lot of Republican support on those. And, uh, you know, th- those uh, rhinos definitely need to be called out for not being uh, fiscally responsible and not giving people what they're owed back, which is their overtaxed surplus dollars. Well, and my theory behind why Republicans and Democrats alike won't give that back is because, quite frankly, it takes control out of their hands, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like this. Okay, imagine you had the most tyrannical government ever. Give me a tyrannical move there, Dawson. I, I have to imagine it? Yeah, g- give me give me a, in your head, and you're a video game yeah. player, tell me, uh, g- give me an idea of what really tyrannical move the government could make. Um, as a video game player, I would say that Wolfenstein has the most tyrannical government, which is just Nazi-occupied United States. Yeah, I know. Give me an act that they would do. So they're occupying, um, meaning like they're, they're taking away all the guns. Taking away all the guns. There's, that's a mm-hmm. great example. Taking away all the guns. 
if the government had zero dollars in revenue, how effective would they be at taking guns? Who would be taking the guns away? They're not getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. You see the problem? See, control ultimately does come down to money, right? Mm-hmm. So if they have no money, and in America, the only money the government has is the ones that they tax. I, as soon as I say that, I realize they do have the printing press at the federal level, not at the state level. So essentially, all tyrannical governments don't work unless they have the resources to enact that legislate or enact those kind of tyrannical orders. Mm-hmm. So why are Republicans and Democrats against giving back the surplus? Because it gives up power. Having mm-hmm. that money comes with power. It also comes back with political favors. That's what the Democrats did. Is they gave it back to their their buddies. Do we have a new uh, new follower in the? Oh, we got a couple new people in the. Uh, yeah, you're saying uh, Red Oak eighty one says tyrannical move fund illegal immigration. Uh, Brad Ganser is an interesting idea. How about a constitutional amendment to proportionally return any surplus? I think that could be an interesting that is a, idea. That is a, well, yeah. You know, I mean, good luck getting it passed with uh, these rhinos and Democrats we got in there. But, I mean, I would like to see, you know, and to staple it in, into the Constitution. I think that could be a great move. And then we got Mickey Murray, we the voters, reward elected officials for spending. Stupid. And yep. agreed with you on that one there. Mm-hmm. And I also saw Razzle Dazzle here says uh, that number is a lie, too. It's closer to 21. I imagine you mean What's 21? 21 billion. Uh, but, yeah, I guess you might have to explain a little bit further oh, what you I, mean there, Razzle. Well, no, I love it because Razzle Dazzle's right. The budget surplus, and we were the only ones saying this, is mm-hmm. it was $21 billion. Go back to that number there. The reason you're not seeing that right here is because they actually did spend some of that money in the previous biennium. There was a small give it back, and they spent it on other stuff. Mm-hmm. So they spent – this is only showing the biennium for 2024 and 25. Now, if you see how they do their numbers – you take the beginning balance, so the cash they had, plus revenues, and then you subtract spending, cash flow, and budget reserves, and then you get to what the media all says is there's a $3.7 billion budget surplus. You guys see that? Mm-hmm. $3,715, that's $3.7 billion. Sorry if I'm getting too nerdy here, but this is why the media is telling you today there's a $3.7 billion budget surplus. You know, there are dumbasses on the right that talk <laughs> about how there's a deficit. Mm-hmm. That's their talking point. Right. Like, don't go tell people there's a deficit because mm-hmm. what they're alluding to is the next biennium, if the spending stays up, there's going to be a deficit. No, we should be messaging on there's a surplus, and that should come back to us. Right. right. And, that's and then, a, that's by the, the way, there if there's a, a deficit the next right. year, that forces them to have to reduce spending or mm-hmm. actually increase revenues. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Not gonna, that's not going to be very popular. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking, too, because uh, if they were forced to actually have to cut the spending, then the deficit argument... Who gives a rip about that? Because we would rather there be a deficit in the government where yes. they're not able to fund everything that they want to because it's already Preach. way too big. We could probably cut, uh, you know, at least a quarter to half of our government without even having anything anything to really worry about uh, based just on how much fraud and abuse there is within the system and all the lobbyists and special interests gain their paychecks. Uh, it, it just uh, goes to show that, uh, you know, I'm 100% with you that the deficit, who gives a rip about that? It's all about cut spending, give the surplus back to the people. Yeah, the bu- I love it. You're, you're so right on that, Jesse. The budget should either be in balance. Oh, we got another commenter? Oh, yeah. OU812Bud says, why not let them keep the surplus, just reduce our taxes to accommodate Oh, I this. love what you're saying. We're going to get to that in just a second. I love that. Very good point. Um, now, Jesse, mm-hmm. That's why they call it budgetary balance. Go back to that sheet real quick. Sorry, this is a little nerdy, a little luxury. But you see how it calls it, call, they call it budgetary balance? 
So basically, it should be zero, right? Mm-hmm. That would be a balance. The revenues and resources equal the expenditures. Um, when there's a surplus, that means they overtaxed you. So that's the worst one. When there's a deficit, means they got to make measures to cut government, which is good. It means it needs to be leaner. I mean, if you're a Republican and you aren't arguing government's too big, you probably aren't a Republican. Mm-hmm. If you think that the government isn't too big, you might be a Democrat. <laughs> we should start a whole Foxworthy bet on that. Yeah. All right, go back to that number real quick. I'm so sorry. I know this is nerdy, but I love it. I've been preaching this for years. And look, it works because even Razzle Dazzle, reiterating the talking points. Mm-hmm. The reason the media is lying to you that it's $3.7 billion is because they, ex- they assume that we need $2.9 billion in a budgetary account that never gets used. We have a rainy day fund. Now think about this. Think, how's your personal finances going right now, right? I mean, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm a normal family and I got three little kids and a wife and it is like, (laughs) it's insane. Clothing, food, all the expenditures up, up and up, okay? Mm -hmm. I couldn't use, I could really use my money back. The government in Minnesota, and this is probably happening in a lot of other states. So if you're in another state and we're just not big enough to be covering every state at this point, but I would look into this. They literally are arguing they need a rainy day fund. Now, personally, in your own finances, yeah, you should have a rainy day fund, 100%, right? Because there's a, there's, a, there's a survey that's been done every year, and it shows that the average person cannot, um, cannot account for a $400 unexpected uh, expense. Which is it's scary to think that. So personally, you should have a rainy day fund. Why does the government have a rainy day fund? Why? So that they can justify more expenditures, like in a downturn of the economy? So think about this. It's like the economy turns down, and they want to make sure government doesn't feel the pain, but we all feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Why are they holding on to $3 billion? And think about this. Rainy day fund. Was there ever more rain than a, I don't know, a global pandemic? <laughs> and they never used the money. Mm-hmm. We went through a global pandemic and they didn't even tap into the $3 billion in the budget reserve. Actually, it was only $2.4 2. back then. Mm-hmm. This is a big con. They are, they've extracted $3 billion from our economy, from our hands, and let it sit in a government account. That is so wrong. Mm-hmm. And Republican legislators, the vast majority, aren't uh, aren't outraged by this and saying give it back. Right, so, and on top of that, the longer they hold on to it, the less valuable that money is because of the inflation that's yes, going on. You know, your, your dollar is worth more today than it's going to be worth tomorrow. So the longer that they hold on to this uh, rainy day fund and the budget surplus the less uh, buying power individuals have with their dollars. And it compounds on that, Jesse. It, the less money you had to cough up to the government, the less you're able to invest or put in a new savings mm-hmm. account. So you're also losing the uh, its opportunity cost of the interest or the uh, principal, or sorry, the return on your principal. Now, go back to this chart one last time, Dawson. I, I understand it's so nerdy, but if you take that budget reserve, it doesn't belong in the government's hand. You add it to $3.7 billion. That's where you get the $6.6 billion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you do about this? And this is uh, OUA12BUD. Mm-hmm. Okay, great point. 
there is actually a bill. And we talked about this uh, on our Fast Five. Did we talk about this on the show or is this just on the Fast Five? Nope, it was on the Fast Five. Fast Five, there you go. We got a new, uh, every day we're trying to give you the top headlines in five minutes or less. And by the way, we did accomplish that feat in the last two episodes, but the Nagra episode, I went a minute over. So we're going to try to get it for if you work it just too much, you know, and you can't catch a full show and stuff like that. Fast five, you get your quick news headlines. Probably something you won't hear from anywhere else. So Nate Wiesenberg's got a bill and I want to show you how this works because this to me is a solution. And this is why uh, uh, our eight two bud, whatever. What is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you eight twelve bud. Okay, so that that's that is uh, what you're alluding to is why don't you give tax cuts? So this is this is a solution. Watch this. Pull up that article there, uh, Dawson, once again, and I got a link to the one of Wiesenberg's. Yep, there you go. So you see in Wiesenberg's, and scroll down to the bottom. Is there a way we can zoom in on that? He wrote a bill, and what that does is it takes the bottom tax rate on income in Minnesota and it eliminates it. So in uh, in government bills at the legislature, when you strike something out. That means you've removed it from law. And then when you underline it, it means you've added something new. So you see what he did? He took away the bottom uh, rung of our marginal tax rate, which is at 5.35%. And in this regard, it's now up to 46330 So in other words, what he did is if you, you if <laughs> if you make only $46,330 in taxable income, you don't pay any tax. All of us that make more than that still don't get taxed on that 46330 We don't get taxed until it's over that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, Democrats are for the working poor, right? They're for the working man, the working families. I always say, we're for the working families. That's the working families right there. There's a dem. I wouldn't bring up this, uh, this bill if it wasn't for this very fact. It's got a Democrat already supporting it. Mm-hmm. There's a co-author, uh, John Hoffman in Champlin. So this is the way to get it done right here is we pass this bill. By the way, I'm open-minded. There could be other ways to do it. But the one thing is I think the principle has to be everyone gets money back. Mm -hmm. And I think no one that if someone didn't pay in, they shouldn't get money back. That's usually Governor Walls. But if you're really for the working families, right? Am I right? That's what the Democrats mm-hmm. always say. We're for the working families. Right. That's what they claim. So working families mean that they actually earn income, right? Working mm-hmm. families. So this would eliminate income taxes for them. Now, what is uh, what is the um, 2.4 million uh, tax filers in the state of Minnesota? And they don't pay money on that first $46,000. Uh, that equates to about $2,500. $2,500 you save. You don't even have to give to the government. So 2,500 times 6.6 means this is paid for right there in the surplus, right? It's like $6 billion. So there's like, you don't even have to cut a government program. You could pass Wiesenberg's bill, the bipartisan bill. Everyone saves at least $2,500. By the way, I would love that. That'd be for fiscal. This would be this year, this tax year, 2024. You would not, you would save $2,500. That's a lot of freaking dough. And I could use that dough. By the way, you know, prices have gone up so much. It just basically depresses the effects of inflation. But it depresses the effects of inflation. Because if you don't get that money back, you're less wealthy as you were before unless you got a raise mm-hmm. and not everyone's getting raised and that's why you see all these strikes going on around the world and around the country and around the state 
mm-hmm. because people that are on um, you know union union contracts they're now going I just got a decrease in my pay because of inflation which is caused by politicians by the way mm-hmm. uh, printing money trying to solve all their problems and we're going to get into that here too and how they uh, averted a government shutdown here and we're just going to keep printing out money let's go to the comment section here what do people have to say yeah, uh, well, Brad Ganser says that it's pronounced OU812, and I guess it's a Sammy Hager album, uh, so that is good to know. Uh, Bass Minnesota. You know, it's funny, I'm not a Sammy Hager fan, so that's why that went over my head. Yeah. And I apologize, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, same I'm like here. Tucker, I'm a metal guy. Oh, okay. I am a metal guy, that's for sure. But. And uh, we got Brad Ganser asking, how much is currently in the budget reserve account? It's right there in that number, it's $2.9 billion. And uh, Base Minnesota asked, uh, since we know the Republicans rarely win in this state, what can be done to stop the Democrats who love spending? Uh, You expose them on this very issue right here. If they're for the working families in Minnesota, give it back. Take away their taxes. That would be popular amongst their supposed base. Mm -hmm. That's That's a question that I had about this. So this seems pretty bipartisan. So what is going to stop a Democrat legislator from voting for this? Well, I think it's what I said before. They they look at the money in surplus as control, right? So once you give that money back to the people, you give them control. Mm-hmm. There's this grand conspiracy out there, and uh, I won't even say it's a conspiracy at this point, but it's that uh, the, the there's like a modern slavery of black people. They're so ingrained into the Democrat Party, like they literally vote Democratic, and the Democrats really don't want to lift them up the economic uh, um, uh, ladder. And I think there's a lot of proof. There's a lot of proof to that, by the way. Um, they kind of want them to be dependent on government because it means they basically have power over you. Once mm-hmm. you allow someone to be independent economically and other realms, you you don't have the power and. I mean, quite frankly, the game of politics is really about people being in power. That's what these guys are power hungry mm-hmm. people. So, but you know, that, that's, that's why I think the we, Democrats wouldn't get on board. Right. And, you know, with John Hoffman, uh, it'd be interesting if he were to actually when, when the rubber meets the road, if he is going to actually uh, support bringing it onto the floor for a vote, uh, because if he doesn't, then uh, the bill has no chance of passing. And there still has to be a couple of Democrats in the state house who would be willing to pass this as well. But John Hoffman, you know. He, he's fallen in line with the Democrats on every single issue, you know. So uh, Dawson was asking, like, you know, how would they do it? Well, they would pressure him and say that if you don't get in line with this, then we're going to send someone to primary you. We're going to fund your primary opponent. We're going to make sure that you lose uh, power because John Hoffman, supposed moderate, supposed gun owner, voted for the gun control. He voted for the child mutilation. There isn't a single bill that the Democrats put up that uh, John Hoffman didn't sign on to. So uh, is it nice to see that he signed on to a bill with Wiesenberg? Absolutely. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of pressure to be able to get any of these Democrats to move because the only reason that they would ever vote to uh, protect our rights or protect our freedom or protect our money is if they see that if they don't vote for it, their election is uh, under threat. Mm-hmm. And I also think the other thing that Democrats want is to distribute these goodies to people that are politically connected, Dawson. So I think that's another big motivation of them is that if they can give it back to teachers and some union contracts, their constituencies. Uh, they look like more of heroes. So 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I would even argue that they would give it back to uh, unions uh, or employees of unions so that uh, more people give to the unions and that gets funneled back to their campaigns because they mm-hmm. keeps them in power. You know, when you when I went through this bill with you in show prep, yep. you remember what you said? No. You said that's based. Oh, I did say that's based. Yeah, <laughs> this is a Dawes-approved bill right here. There you go, Dawson's-approved yeah. bill. Because I went through Dawson's own uh, tax filing, and we found out you just saved $2,500. Let's maybe let's make sure that we don't accidentally dox that information next. I, you know, that was, that was very unfair that you did that to me the other day, by the way, I don't think your name's that big a mystery, but I would agree with you on this one financial information. But what I'm saying is Dawson would save $2,500. I think that's fair, right? It's true. Cause I make a hundred million billion dollars every, every year. So (laughs) $1 billion was a great T will have to say. Yeah, T Wall for life says it seems as uh, it seems as if the only choice is to move out of no, the state. No, 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 no! Don't you dare! Uh, don't <laughs> you dare leave! Yeah, we'll, we'll see I what goes on in twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. You know, I still think that Trump has a chance to win Minnesota. I mean, a lot of people don't think so, and a lot of the Republicans have given up. I haven't given up hope yet because I mean, Minnesota is not a blue state. It's it's just been infiltrated by all these immigrants right. that have been uh, force-fed this propaganda so that they think that the Democrats are fighting for them. The Democrats aren't fighting for anybody but themselves. Uh, so, and especially with the with the immigration issue, with there's so many issues with crime, and uh, I think a lot of people are waking up. 2024 is definitely still in play for Minnesota, and if we can get Trump elected and then we flip the state house in Minnesota, oh man, we, we can we can we can save this state. Yeah, listen, if I thought Minnesota was not savable, uh, I wouldn't be saying the stuff I say. Right? I do believe it's savable. Mm-hmm. I think people have to look at, uh, well, I'll give you two quick examples. Florida. Florida went heavily Obama in 2012. Now uh, DeSantis had a 20-point margin of victory in Florida. Mm-hmm. So you can see Florida in a relatively short time change, right? It seems to be a solid Republican state. Here's mm-hmm. another really interesting point. Um I came to Minnesota because I was born in St. Paul, lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin area growing up, uh, came back to Minnesota after graduating college. Okay. At that time, Tim Pawlenty was governor. Okay. And yeah, I know he was a rhino, but um, we had Jim Doyle in Wisconsin. They had concealed carry over in Minnesota. You couldn't carry a weapon in Wisconsin. So it looked relatively better in Minnesota than it did in Wisconsin. Norm Coleman was in the U.S. Senate. Uh, yeah, Norm. Cole, yeah, you're right. Norm Coleman would have been mm-hmm. by that point. I mean, yeah. but also, I mean, is he a Republican? But you know, <laughs> but that's what say. a lot of people think is, well, yeah, we can't win a statewide race, and we haven't since uh, Tim Pawlenty's reelection, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's a great point. So here's the deal: Wisconsin looks great, right? Minnesota doesn't as well. So it can turn around. Things can turn around. It's Minnesota is not California, right? I think people understand that. It's not California. We're not New York State. We're not New Jersey. Hell, even New York State had a big change lately, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so, the thing. The state Senate was this close right. to being in Republican control. So it's obviously not all lost because in, in California or uh, New York or some other state like that, you know, the Democrats have a supermajority. Democrats don't have a supermajority. They just have control of the government right now so exactly. this is just one election away from changing if we all uh step up to the plate i like how mickey says 2500 would make a huge difference in mm-hmm. my house so would it make a difference for you guys let us know would, yep. would 2500 go a long way by the way the other thing that's good about that bill 
Now, the bad part, and maybe why some Republicans would be sneering at it, is it does make the tax more progressive, right? Eliminate the lowest rung of the ladder, and then the other ones still stay high. Although every marginal rate, the threshold went higher, so that technically saves money. But um, it does still, well, I guess it doesn't make it more progressive. Yeah, it makes it more progressive because you do eliminate that bottom rung. But everyone Mm -hmm. is benefiting. But Anyone that pays tax or at least makes forty six thousand still doesn't pay that first twenty five hundred. So everyone benefits, right? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't pay income tax, you don't get the money back. So to me, that is a hell of a good bill, a good way to do it. Now, mm-hmm. the best way to do it, and this is um, this is a little past due, but when Eric Mortensen was in the legislature, and this is twenty twenty two, and we were facing a twenty one billion dollar budget surplus. No, I'm sorry. $15 billion? I think it was $15 billion. He actually had a bill that would have given a one-year tax income hike or a tax mm-hmm. income holiday. You wouldn't have to pay taxes on income for one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine oh, I know. the that, prosperity that would have mm-hmm. brought in? Oh, yeah, that would have been great. But, you know, Base Minnesota says, for every one Mortensen, there's 100 David Hands. And, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's the problem with uh, when you come forward with a great idea like that. You know, I mean, that that's the problem. The rhinos back away from it. And, you know, I don't know if everybody's been listening to it because it's it's such a gripping, entertaining show. David Han has a podcast, you know. I know it's, a, you know, competing with us, and it's a real big deal because him and Anna Matthews, they're breaking down things that, you know, they're exposing what nobody else will expose. I'm sure you know that, Jake, <laughs> that they're getting into the weeds. And, you know, they're saying the things that we're afraid to say, right, Jake? You know, <laughs> give me a break. The establishment... Uh, it's the most boring show in the entire world, and uh, Base Minnesota is right that you know the rhinos uh, outnumber us at least on the uh, legislative front. Uh, but uh, I'd say among the grassroots, there's a hundred Mortensons for every one David Han. When when you're uh, yes. talking about the citizen level, well, let's talk about that for a second, uh, Dawson. I put on line twenty, and this is a good time if you just joined the show. Uh, make sure you like this episode, tells the algorithm to share it with more people. Uh, and we don't have a rumble rant yet, so who's going to be the first one? Interrupt us at any time with a rumble rant, and make sure you subscribe to us and on the backup YouTube, which we have in the uh, notes section. Um, so this is this is a never again. But I want to talk about the caucuses. On Tuesday uh, was the Minnesota precinct caucuses, and I think both the Democrats and Republicans had lackluster numbers at caucus. Okay, um, I caucus as a Republican. Uh, so did Jesse. Dawson could care less. Um, so, and a lot of you guys, and we've spoken to a lot of our people. Um, we got the sense that numbers were down all across the state. What we didn't get the sense is that Action for Liberty numbers were down all across the state. In fact, it sounds like Action for Liberty people went in mass. Mm-hmm. In fact, they brought that Never Again resolution. So I want to tell you exactly why I have hope and faith. Uh, as I was talking to our group at our super secret exclusive meeting last night at the headquarters, or sorry, social hour, which is for our biggest donors, uh, go pull up line 20 here, Dawson. This is the never again bill. This would stop a government's ability to shut down businesses and everything. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, we got a couple of them coming in here now. So we got Tucker91 saying, keeping the streak alive, cheers. And we got Razzle Dazzle, another $5 <laughs> as well. Go to overlooked, Razzle Dazzle. Uh, overlooked my two comments above, so let's see what Razzle Dazzle had to say up here. Uh, who is John Who is John Galt fleeing soon? And uh, Are you really, Razzle? 
And that sucks. See. That sucks if we lose you. Yeah, that would. But and, you know uh, what? You know, in the spirit of John Galt, if you go somewhere where your pros- your productiveness is welcome more, I don't blame you in the limited time. I mean, listen, we don't live forever. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is it's not so easy for everyone to lead the state, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us have businesses here. We have families here, stuff like that. So I'm just saying I do believe it could be turned around. Now, some people might be like, hey, listen, I might not have the time to let it turn around. I, I got I want to go somewhere. I just have this new business that I'm starting or mm-hmm. I'm in my 70s. You know, I, I could understand. That. I'm not going to hate on someone for that. Yeah. Right. And Razzle Daz also asked, by the way, with the state did return small $520 or so, <laughs> Uh, was not for the middle or upper income taxpayers. That's right. Exactly. Very good point. That's a good point. It's $260, so $520 for a family or for a married couple. And it was means tested. I think it was like $150,000. So if you made over $150,000, you got nothing back. But you were the one that paid most of the taxes. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I like the uh, Wiesenberg bill. All right, pull up the Never Again bill, Dawson. Thank you guys for the rumble rant, keeping the streak alive, as Tucker said. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, this is fascinating. So it was introduced on Monday with 22 authors in the in the House. The Senate can only have five authors, and that was already done in its introduction. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, uh, the other day, uh, and this is last night. I'm telling the group, and I pull up the the uh, uh, page, and I notice it's up to 29 authors. So mm-hmm. seven authors were added. So you see on the bottom where it says uh, February 28th, authors added Fogelman. McDonald, Myers, Anderson, uh, Paul, I guess that's Paul Anderson, uh, yeah. Mueller, Heinzman, and Davids. Now it oh, could be Patty Anderson. P.E. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Maybe. is that Patty Anderson? Uh, I'm not sure. That's right. Because totally there's forgot. two P. Andersons, so that's why. Uh, click on Anderson on the top there. P.E. Anderson. Yeah, you're right. Right there. I think you're gonna be right about that. Yeah, yep, Patty. Patty okay. Anderson. Sorry. Yeah, what's going on, Paul Anderson? <laughs> yeah, get on it. <laughs> uh, get on that T-Wall uh, Rumble Rant there. Oh, yeah, T-Wall for life, $15. Thank God. Uh, Rumble Rant, thank you very much. Says, not leaving anytime soon, and we appreciate hearing that. I almost yeah, thought I'd have to we, give... We like having you around. I thought I was going to have to give her Rumble Rant to keep her yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. By the way, you guys keep this show going. Uh, Rumble Rants, that allows us to grow the show and get it to new audiences, so thank you very mm-hmm. much. But I'm um, surprised that Josh Heinzman was able to find the time to sponsor a bill like this when he's so busy door knocking for rhinos everywhere, you know? No, but see, that's the beauty of Josh Heinzman getting on it, you know? I think he's seen the light, he, you know? <laughs> Maybe. In 2022, he's door knocking Carrie uh, Mortensen, <laughs> telling her to vote against her husband, Eric Mortensen, and now he's signing on to Eric Mortensen's signature piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. I love it. He's seen the light. It's coming the right way. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, go back to this. So here's the other funny stuff. So uh, Greg Davids. As mm-hmm. a challenger, Greg Davids has an endorsement challenger. Mm-hmm. So he's seen the light real quick. Heinzman, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's Heinz, Heinz. They thought the guy, they thought I was behind the guy that challenged Heinzman last time. So maybe he's got <laughs> the same challenger. I, I think that guy is running again. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Doug guy. You but, know, McDonald yeah. fought us on the, uh, Joe McDonald fought us on the yeah. never again bill two years ago. And he had some mm-hmm. of his. His uh, supporters fighting us on it. It's like now he's on board. Mm-hmm. See, these people realize. And then look at this. Uh, John Kosnick's got endorsement challenger. He was part of the original uh, group. Uh, I know Dean Ertl's got some challengers. I think he has mm-hmm. one or maybe two. Interesting. You know, um, 
there's some other people on that list that are probably going to have some challengers. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably know that. And that's why they get on it. So this is what I'm trying to say, guys. You make this happen. You tell politicians that this is an important piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. And politicians, they make politically calculated decisions. If I'm not on board with something that's popular, especially amongst the base, then I'm going to be suffering at election time. And mm-hmm. so they see the writing on the wall. And that's why they get on important pieces of legislation. And, like you know, never get co- co-sponsoring it is not enough. You know, being a co-sponsor, that's great. We love to see your name up there, but that doesn't mean anything until you actually take a vote on it. So, it means a little something, you know, though. Because it means a little something. Right. It takes, what, seven hands in the House. Fifteen. Fifteen fi- hands. Fifteen hands to be able to, uh, you know, call for a roll call vote in the State House. So that means that 15 representatives are going to have to raise their hand and say, you know, maybe in a politically inconvenient way for some of the establishment, they're going to have to raise their hands and say, yes, I am supporting bringing this bill on the floor so that we can vote on it. Uh, because, it, you know, if they have their name on that bill as they're as uh, listed as a co-author, as a co-sponsor, but they don't take that vote to actually bring it to the House uh, floor, that shows you that they're being fake. It's a, it's a fake move. Uh, and they're just putting their name on the bill for uh, to try to misguide and misrepresent what their actual positions are on this. So uh, it's great that they're on there. Uh, it's a great first step. But they got another couple of big steps to make. That's a great point, Jesse. And that's the kind of insight you get on this show here because uh, – you know, Jesse's a political operative. You know, this guy is the one that Jesse's one of the foremost guys in the liberty movement monitoring what's going on at the Capitol. We've got another rumble right Yeah, Brad Ganser, $15 here, says it just goes to show you that uh, they don't care about uh, doing what's right. They just do what leadership tells them to do. Couldn't allow Mord any credit. Exactly. You know, now that Mordenson's out finally, that's when they say, oh, you know, that bill was pretty good. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, but you know what? We better put I, that up. Mord doesn't care. Oh, yeah, I'm care. sure. <laughs> like, Right, the, and and that's not even really what's at play here. It's like they see that they need to be on this bill. This is where the moment. Listen, guys, if you went to caucus, and I'd love to know if you guys went to caucus, um, a lot of people submitted the resolutions, the Never Again resolution. Well, that happened all over the state. I mean, listen, I, I had my neighbor submitted the Never Again resolution, and I also submitted it in my own precinct. And my state legislator is sitting in there watching this happening. <laughs> this is being watched all over the state. They know there's political muscle behind this. Mm-hmm. Now, we can say things all day long. Doesn't matter until people get off their butt and go do something. And mm-hmm. that's why the caucuses are so damn important. Mm-hmm. What did uh, Reed, Reed, Red Oak say there? McDonald? Uh, got yeah, McDonald got on board because A4L petition went to him in mass. There you and, go. Uh, Mickey Murray also said a bill that looks like it lifts everyone should be easy to support for different reasons. The bill should look good for uh, on both sides. And yeah, exactly. It's a common sense thing that uh, if the legislators were actually fighting for our interests, they should all just get on board. I don't think Joe McDonald's necessarily a bad guy. In fact, I just think he's a politician. And so he's going to make a politically calculated decision. He should have been mm-hmm. on board with us two years ago. Right. So, you know, it's good. Right. And that's the thing is maybe some of these guys get taken out of office they mm-hmm. lose their endorsement to somebody else you know right? the one thing that you get a better state rep or yeah. you know they're doing the right thing now uh it's like to me that's a win either way go mm-hmm. ahead what were you gonna say yeah i was just thinking uh what's interesting to me about this whole thing i would think the establishment would be a little more savvy and i would think that the establishment would create their own fake version of this bill you know i'm surprised that they didn't take the uh time and energy to create you know to create their own fake thing just so they're not given a win to uh, Eric Mortensen and the never again bill. You'd think that they'd be smart enough to say, let's just make our own things so that it's separate from this. But they understand that the political pressure comes along 
with this bill. If you're not signed on to the never again bill, you're signed on to some fake, it's irrelevant. And, uh, you know, but it does make me uh, curious as to their tactics, but uh, it is nice to see that they're finally, well, I, I finally mean, did, moving our direction. I not agree with the tactics I just said. I What's mean, that's, that? That's it, right? They're getting on mm-hmm. board because they have. Oh, to. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I just mean I'm surprised they well, didn't, hold they didn't try to create their own fake thing. What do you got, Dawson? What do you got? Nothing. I just finished my protein shake, and I'm happy about it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you had something in common. Go back to this. Uh, oh, Napkin Nate's here. Good to see you. Yep, Napkin Nate doing the right thing probably because it's an election year. Well, there you go. Uh, go uh, to the uh, – Dawson, go to the uh, bill once again. Yeah. Uh, I have to point this out. Now, remember, the bill sponsor is Walter Hudson. He's a freshman legislator. Pam Aldendorf, first-time legislator. Mike Weiner, first-time le- legislator. Ben, ben Davis, Davis yeah. first-time legislator. Uh, you go down a couple. Uh, Knudsen, first-time legislator, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of newbies on this Angen list. New? What's that? Is Angen new? Elliot Angen? I feel like Angen is his he's second. He's click on Angen real term, quick. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, there you go. In, uh, to the right. To the right. To the right. Keep going. It's Angen, E-N-G-E-N. I feel like he's in the second term. Uh, scroll down a little bit right there. Nope, it's first term. I was okay. wrong. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember how that district flowed. So there mm-hmm. you go, Aladdin and first first term. First. Yep. So could be just out of curious. Could be that there's a batch of new good guys coming in. By the way, it's not lost to me that they kicked Kurt Down out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. A big batch of new guys and that crony. <laughs> yeah, and also I'm the thinking uh, Patty Anderson. It's her first term That's in there her too. First but, term uh, too. That's right. Yeah, no, there, there's a couple of them. And Isaac Schultz, first term. So yeah, they're, they're, if you go down that list, it's a decent amount of them. So uh, they're obviously feeling the political pressure, and uh, you know, about time they be feel forced to do the right thing instead of being forced to do the wrong thing like the politicians and lobbyists will try to force them to do. If, exactly. If people are new coming in and then they. Are they are they typically going to sign on to more stuff as like a see? I was just elected. Look at how much I'm doing for you guys, kind of thing. Or is yeah, that- I mean, there, there's so many ways you could tackle that. You could also allege that all these guys sign on to it because they there's no perception it's going to pass under a Democrat majority, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So just they're like fake free, conservatives. Free points or whatever. I look at this as an optimistic side. They've already got on it. Let's say the Republicans take back the House. Now we better get some votes. By the way, we could force votes on it in this legislative session. Mm-hmm. Dave Lisgard at one time had the conscience to vote the right way on getting rid of Governor Walz's emergency powers. Mm-hmm. That freaking con artist. Yeah. So there's Democrats that could technically support it. You just need one Democrat in the Senate to mm-hmm. pass it, right? Assuming all Republicans are on board. That's mm-hmm. a big assumption, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, that's a huge assumption there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, before we go to this really, really interesting story here, uh, we're, um, we're going to be talking about pride flags mandating schools. Uh, Tucker was in the news this week. Uh, <laughs> yep. We have to bring this up. What, where did you put that in the show notes? I put it uh, line 14 there, Dawson. Yep. We got to go to Tucker, our, our wonderful fan. Went to his caucus down in, um, what is that? Sleepy Hollow or whatever? Mm-hmm. Is that Eye. Tucker? Sleepy Eye. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Tucker uh, has really grown some breast and uh, red hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, that's a DFLer, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope it's the dfl who knows you know mm-hmm. <laughs> all right scroll down here tucker's not the lead of the story oh geez no we don't want and to that's out. glenn in that picture right there i know well, it's glenn cotton in there well, too scroll so. in scroll in that's not glenn behind the podium glenn's no. not older man 
There you go, Tucker. <laughs> there we and go. What a shirt he's wearing too. Uh huh. Do you know how much it doesn't look like Tucker with that hat on though? It's so <laughs> funny. Because at first I was like, is that really him? But it's just he looks so different <laughs> Wait, in the Mad Bomber. Tucker hat. Tucker doesn't wear that hat all the time. No, and he should. He looks like he should. <laughs> he yeah, does look say. like he does, but mm-hmm. it makes him lo- it almost like widens his head a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an interesting look. Zoom in on that shirt. This is this is a great shirt here. I love it. Wanted. Oh Oop. man, I don't know. If I can. Wanted for a second term. He's got the mugshot, the infamous mugshot. Now scroll back up. I want to see the Glenn Cotton, who's also a fan of the show. Now, yep, he's uh, is he the, the gray. Yeah, he's in the gray hoodie can't even right see there. It. It's so far away. Can yeah, you, how much zoom more zoomed in can we get? Uh, this website doesn't like it. Doesn't let it. Yeah, okay. There you go. And look at, by the way, look at all the empty. Yeah, there's yep. Glenn. <laughs> That's Glenn. <laughs> ah, I love it. Um, by the way, listen, look how empty that room is, right? That's mm-hmm. what people saw. That's the report. Now, in this room alone, we know there's at least one Action for Liberty guy. So there's a third of that room. I don't know the two other gentlemen. Maybe I do. I just mm-hmm. don't know him by face, right? So mm-hmm. there you go. Big chunk of the pie. Let's go to the story. Pride flags manuscripts. What is this all about, Jesse? You yeah, the so uh, let's living. go ahead and uh, click on that article there, Dawson, on uh, line nine, because uh, Finky, uh, DWI Brian Curran, and Two-Spirit uh, Alicia Kozlowski are now all uh, pushing for further indoctrination of children by forcing and mandating that uh, pride flags, and they, they call them rainbow flags uh, and rainbow uh, insignia and whatnot, uh, be, are to be forced to appear in schools, in uh, libraries, in any kind of public government-owned building where uh, signage is allowed. So any place that there's signage, not only can you uh, uh, not ban it, you're not allowed to remove it either. So uh, based on like, uh, if you can, actually can want I, can to, I just stop you if you actually second. want to read this bill though and like interpret it for what it's claiming, it means that. Uh, you know, gay pride flags are now going to be permanent fixtures of these buildings because much, right. employees will never be able to take it down. Jesse, don't ever change who you are. I, I just <laughs> look at the second paragraph. This is the this is how he writes. I love it. Mm-hmm. While most parents simply want their child to get a good education without political bias, representatives in quotations Lee Finky and I, been, I, 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 I toned it down too. I, I was going even crazier the first uh, first draft of this thing. I was saying. Stinky Finky and all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> uh, DWI Brian Curran and Two Spirit Moron Alicia <laughs> Kozlowski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you see how little respect Jesse and I have for these elected officials? They mm-hmm. are the goofiest dumbasses on the planet. Yeah. Oh, you even put down there in the fourth paragraph. If these three stooges knew how to craft a bill. <laughs> yeah. If these three stooges knew how to craft a bill and not mandate anything rainbow. What they would have been trying to do is force schools and uh, government buildings that allow signage uh, to be forced to have pride stuff out there, too. And uh, my opinion is that local governments and buildings and agencies should not be forced to comply with propaganda standards for a select minority. And I think should a small town city hall, should a local post office, should elementary schools be forced to be flooded with sexual information everywhere? I say no. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, the question is, do these people always want society to be forced to praise them? Do we always have to be on our knees begging and worshiping these people? That's what they because, should do. You know, th- that's what they, they should seem say. To you want. should kneel before the uh, pride flag. That should be yeah. added in there. Right. You we know, should have a friendly amendment, Jesse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and th- that's the th- that's the problem here, though. It's uh, 
you know, they want to be worshipped forever. And that that's the thing, you know, it's almost like, do these people want Pride Month and all that to, like, literally go forever? Do yes. you think that yes. in 20 years they still want there to be a Pride Month? It's like, when will you guys just give it up and, like, you know, just live and let live before... Uh, Do- you know, because all they're doing is pushing people away. They think they're uh, they think they're expanding their uh, their circle. They're cutting people off and they're making people feel even further and further like we want nothing to do with that kind of movement. Dawson wants to fire back, but you got to go back to this article. I have to point this out. I just love this writing here. <laughs> uh, paragraph of the bomb. Don't forget that Finky, Karen, uh, and Kozlowski all voted for child mutilation and voted to remove the law preventing pedophiles from being protected under the Minnesota Human Rights Act. Karan's drunk driving arrest, guilty plea, and guilty ruling has shown she shouldn't be driving a car, nonetheless driving legislation (laughs) in the state house. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, you know, the the way that I read this bill, Wait wait a second. Go back to that real quick. I only read the first, like, paragraph in the show prep here. (laughs) This idea is apparently so ridiculous that there are zero sinners signed on to it. Kozowski's pretend pronouns, they, them, are also so stupid that Democrat Dan Wolgamat, another drunk driver, <laughs> yeah. can't even keep up when he misgendered her on the house floor. Click on that. I We got to go back to memory lane. Yeah. Oh, my God, Jesse, this article is worth everything. <laughs> I hope Action for Liberty paid you handsomely for that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get these articles on True Thirds. Are you uh, – what – Point of order, Mr. Speaker. Okay, you're raising a point of order. State your point of order. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I'm happy to start over with that. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. What what rule are you citing, Representative Damoth? And I would note to your parliamentary inquiry, Representative Kozlowski is crossed off on my list. I'm not sure why she wasn't crossed off on your list. Ooh, he said Uh, she. Under what what rule are you citing a point of order, Representative Damoth? Watch this. They. They. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That. Thank you, um, Mr. Speaker, um, and I do appreciate, I know maybe my list has not been updated from your, your prior note, and I appreciate the staff work that is done, so I in no way am uh, disrespecting our staff and the work that they do so regularly. Uh, point of order under 10.05, Mr. Speaker. Representative Damoth, before I um, uh, recognize you for that point of order, I would like to correct myself that it is the custom <laughs> and usage of this chamber to... Um, use the proper gendering of our members and that um, the proper pronoun to use was they. And so I would um, <laughs> readjust my comments that they are have been excused on my list. Oh, Representative Damon. God, all right. Oh, stupid <laughs> so, gender so that's pronoun the thing. games. E- even oh, Dan Walgamot can't keep it straight. Maybe, maybe he had a couple of drinks he, that day. He, he you know, maybe keep, maybe he, he's having trouble with that. It, it's like his driving inside lanes. He can't keep it straight. <laughs> I guess oh, so. There you go. Huh? <laughs> I guess so. And, it's uh, like it, it's like Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. Nothing about it is straight. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, just uh, the way that I think to, to play the pronoun game, you're not an ally. You're an enabler. You're not uh, you're not helping people out by playing along with that kind of crap. Uh, all that you're doing is uh, feeding into mental illness. And uh, based on the way that you read this bill, it bans any you know, it bans you from uh, taking down or removing anything uh, rainbow related in these public buildings and everything. If I were to put up a rainbow swastika, is that allowed now? Is that is that not, uh, you know, protected <laughs> under this bill? Uh, would I, you know, would they be banned from being able to take it down? I'm sure, of course, you know, they'll make excuses. Oh, you can't use hate symbols and whatever. You know, I mean, that's the thing. When it's all subjective that, uh, 
you know, some people then we could, want them to define which one's the hate symbol. Right, exactly, because, you know, someone could argue that the gay pride thing is a hate symbol because, you know, it's being used for uh, pedophiles to target children, you know? So there, there's all kinds of arguments that could be made. That's one of the problems made. with the pride movement is they opened it up so much that they're starting to allow uh, minor-attracted persons into it mm -hmm. and uh, the transgender nutballs. So. I think I think I got to push back against go, the Go push thing. back. Jeez, you the, pretty much got rainbow colors in that uh, control room over there. Yeah, basically. I, I don't I, – I know a lot of gay people – and I don't think how I've, many 46 <laughs> I don't know. but I don't well I, I know 49 so huh <laughs> the the map movement or whatever the fuck it's called I don't like those people so I'm gonna swear about the oh yeah well, no the, one should, whatever, whatever they are they're trying to use the gayness to get in I don't think it's gay people are like yes come on in no but th that's but the problem it's, it's it's up to the gay people and it's up to the LGBTT whatever uh, people, people. To, you know it's up to them to reject those types of people and, and distance and themselves yes, and that's the thing you know you can well, say that they, in, they, you can they, say but they changed that bill last no i know year. but that's the thing you can say individually you don't you know from your uh, own individual experience from talking to people you're saying well the people i know don't stand for that but that's anecdotal evidence and uh because the generally they have not been pushing back on because they say you know how dare you try to insinuate that uh you know they, they make excuses but they don't actually make hard pledges that say you know we're against pedophiles we're against this uh, map movement, we're against all that crap. But you doesn't know, the, the these, movement? I'm these, saying the movement at large. Yeah, but these morons. We don't even get the mo movement at large. These morons on this bill literally all pushed and were on. I think they were both all co-authors and voted for the bill that actually got rid of the uh, pedophilia or actually made pedophilia sexual orientation in yeah. Minnesota. Do you think that they did that because they are? encouraging pedophiles to whatever that bill allows. I think they're trying to normalize or it. Or do you think that they're stupid? No, I no, think I mean, they're trying to normalize it's, it's it. It's a combination. Kind of I mean, there, there's definitely a few Democrats in there that are stupid that, you know, got forced to vote out they're told. But, I mean, like, Finky was the one who was pushing this thing. Finky knew exactly what it was. They were saying, how dare you try to insinuate that, uh, you know, pedophiles are like this. Well, if you actually read the Minnesota Human Rights Act, you would have seen that, you know, they were seen as completely separate. Uh, it was basically just a note in there that says pedophilia is not protected. It's not a sexual identity. It cannot be used in a court of law to try to argue. And they removed it. And, uh, and they, they removed and it. They removed and that they from intentionally law. removed it. Uh, Harry Niska had brought this up. Harry Niska was out there saying, you know, they, they removed it from the bill. This is not right. So what did the Democrats do? They added back into the bill. They, they say, you know, okay, you, the Republicans are right. We, we don't want to change that law. Then what do they do? They go into conference committee where the bill cannot be amended after the fact after the conference committee. They added back into the bill. They passed it through the House. They passed it through the Senate. They didn't allow the true argumentation to happen on it. That's why they put it through the conference committee. That's why they added it in after the fact when they said they weren't going to. So the Democrats knew exactly what they were doing. Finky knew exactly what he was doing. And, uh, you know, the rest of them, uh, the DWI Curran. And, uh, you know, by the way, Brian Curran got found guilty on that. Curran admitted guilt. Uh, and then Kozlowski, just another uh, crazy person as well. So they knew exactly the, uh, the kind of message that they were pushing. They chose to side with pedophiles over uh, normal people. So I think that you would agree that typically, I'd say 90% of the time, whatever politicians want is not lining up with what the general populace wants. Exactly. I don't think the Democratic grassroots, uh, you know, I don't think Democrats who are among the grassroots of our country or of our state supports pedophiles. But the politicians who are in there, the creeps like Finky, they figure out how to slide that into the agenda. And the Democrats that are in office are too afraid to stand up against it because they'll, they'll be called transphobic if they do. They'll yep. be called anti-gay if they do. And uh, so that's why the Democrats, they all vote in line because, you know, the last thing you want to be called is racist, sexist, homophobic, any of that. 
And, uh, you know, that's what the Democrats are all afraid of. You know, that's why it's like, th those are just words, you know, go ahead and call me that, but none of it's accurate. You know, I, I can still believe whatever I want, but the Democrats are going to accuse us of every lie in the book. They're going to call us every single name. And I say, bring it on. And it's just like what constituency was arguing for. That's the thing that I can't get to the bottom of. That's yeah. what I'm curious about too, yeah. Well, the, right? you know, their argument was they said the gay people were pushing for it because, you know, they didn't want it in the same section of law. If you didn't want it in the same section of law, you can move it to another section underneath in a, in a separate paragraph of the human, Minnesota they, Human Rights Act. Did they not do that? No. No, they just flat out eliminated the sentence. So yeah, I'm, uh, a, I'm sending this to you right now, Dawson. I'm going to put it on line because this is a great one to refresh. Line 18. Go to line 18. This is the article uh, Young William wrote uh, when the Senate voted it in. I'm sure we mm -hmm. wrote articles about that. We I, I think I got it attached into this article too. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going Looks on with like the image, but on Friday night, Minnesota Senate Democrats ditched any semblance of morality, common sense, and common courtesy. They had left to ram through their gun control and pedophile omnibus bill. So once again, think about this. The bill was illegal on the sense that it wasn't a single subject. You had gun control and the pedophilia in the same bill. Mm -hmm. It shows who these people are. So click on SF2909. So mm -hmm. that's the bill that passed. Um, uh, oh, yeah, okay, this is actually good. This is nice because this is showing the omnibus bill. Mm -hmm. So we can break it down by category. Um scroll down is there something that says human rights act in there this would be the easiest way to find it uh i'm not seeing trying to see which category it would be under it's gonna be under one of these categories here i see the firearm background checks extreme risk protection so those are the gun control bills no um yeah i can't even read that sentencing expungement Civil law, maybe click on the civil law. Link that that does bottom, sound familiar. bottom right, bottom right. Go, no, no, Oops. go to the bottom right there. There you go. See what that does. And just look up uh, control F. Um, and what did the what was the language they used? Uh, it wasn't pedophiles, right? It was no, it was uh, attracted sexual attachment. I think it was attachment. Look up a word, yeah, attachment. attachment or attraction. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right, so currently under Minnesota law, this is what set or under Minnesota it's Human Rights Act. Sentence. And the Minnesota Human Rights Act that says sexual orientation means having or being perceived as having an emotional, physical, or sexual attachment to another person without regard to the sex of that person or having or being perceived as having an orientation for such attachment. This is in law and now it was taken out of law by the Democrats. Or having or being perceived as having a self-image or identity not traditionally associated with one's biological maleness or femaleness, sexual orientation does not include a physical or sexual attachment to children by an adult. They mm -hmm. remove that. What's what's problematic about that again? Because it's, it says that sexual orientation it does not include physical or sexual attachment yeah, to children I, by I, law I, or by an adult. So now sexual orientation could include... A yeah, physical a, a or lawyer, sexual attachment to children by an adult. A lawyer could definitely argue that since this was removed from the Minnesota Human Rights Act, that, that they can argue that a sexual attachment to children by an adult is a sexual orientation protected in Minnesota. And then, and then, by the way, and we broke this down in a different article, what does this mean? It means that colleges can't discriminate on the base of uh, pedophilia, um, work uh, employers can't. Mm -hmm. It has a whole slew of things in the Minnesota Human Rights Act. It's illegal for people to discriminate based on sexual orientation. And under this, sexual orientation now includes 
physical or sexual attachment to children. Now, the argument that the, the I, stinky finkies of the world would use on the Senate floor or the House floor was that this was written. It didn't even have any um, point in the law. It was, um, you know, what it's not even considered a sexual orientation or something like that would be the argument. It's like, well, then why not just leave it in there? Yeah. Like, why not make sure it never gets included? And which is why I'm sure it was eventually put in the law. Anyhow, we mm -hmm. want to make sure this never is considered a sexual orientation. Because mm -hmm. quite frankly, in many regards, it is a sexual orientation. Somebody has an attraction to children and it's such a disgusting sexual orientation yeah, that you cannot protect that by law. In fact, right. those people really shouldn't be out free, right? Mm -hmm. That is a dangerous thing for society. Mm -hmm. And so what they did is they made that no longer the law of the land that sexual orientation. So now, I mean, it's so hard to, uh, to explain this because what they did is they did a negative, right? So mm -hmm. it was already in law and then they removed it. Right. So now the interpretation by anyone could be that a sexual orientation that's protected by law in terms of employee relationships and government buildings and schools and stuff like that is that if you have an attraction to children, you can't. Uh, you, you can't be discriminated on. Now, mm -hmm. by the way, you still can't have sex with a child. There's laws against that. Mm -hmm. But if you were openly a pedophile, you could now claim that's my sexual orientation. And until you act on it, you're right. and now you're you protected. Now, now we can't discriminate against someone for being a pedophile. You know, we, we which can't. you would want to do exactly. in the schools, especially. Right. If you if you were hiring for a kindergarten teacher, do you think that you would want to hire a pedophile or no. not? No. And do you think that you should be able to discriminate against them on that basis? Right. Of course, you should be able to. So you know, I mean, I don't think it's going to cause a whole lot of problems because you know most people would say you know you just find another reason to fire someone or you find another reason not to hire them. Uh, but, you know, and I see uh, Tucker91 in the comments here says, Gays Against Groomers is the only group that I am aware of, and I can't think of another one either that is a, uh, a gay group that is uh, trying to fight the pedophile agenda. Besides that, I can only think of Gays Against Groomers. And then Mickey Murray says, Recently had a Senate District Town Hall where the host was my new city councilwoman. All four elected officials were proud Democratic Socialists of America. Ugh. All four supported this smelly effort to post the pride flag. Living in St. Paul has its issues, and I can imagine that to be true. Yeah, it does suck. I wonder if I wonder if the one that we were talking about before the gay pride flag. I wonder if that counts for like graffiti or something like that. I wonder if someone sprays like tags a wall with a rainbow That's flag. protected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, wouldn't that be a... That's the thing. I don't think this bill's going anywhere. Uh, there's no Senate co-sponsors, which is shocking. You know, I mean, there, there's definitely a couple of radical... Come on, Seaburger. Uh, we want to see you on that. Let's <laughs> yeah, go, exactly. It could be Seaburger. It could be... Uh, you know, there's a whole list of people who it could be. And, uh, you know, but I, I think the Democrats are deeply afraid of uh, what they pulled off last session, that they don't want to pull off the same mistakes this time because they know the election is so close. But... Uh, you know, they might be dumb enough to try it. And uh, if they are, we need to be ready to fight. I got to throw out a quick friendly reminder. We've got a recording coming up soon and we have to do another one. Yep, I'm, I'm paying attention to the time. Uh, what is the story of Matt Gates with Hunter Biden? Oh, yeah, he, he, that's uh, just a quick little video that he is talking about what Hunter Biden had to say in their uh, closed door testimony and uh, why exactly he joined the uh, Burisma board. Uh, so apparently Hunter Biden has his own uh, conspiracy theory on why it all makes sense. All right, let's see this. This is interesting. Yeah, I, 
I'd say that there were a number of interesting moments, perhaps none more interesting than when Hunter Biden told us that he uh, joined the Burisma board to counter Russian aggression. I, I hadn't heard that one before, that thank goodness we had Hunter Biden on the Burisma board uh, because that was uh, central to his strategy to stand up to Vladimir Putin. Has he so, taken the fifth at all? No. He's, has, he's, he's, he's been responsive to questions. Has he yes. told you exactly what value he brought to any of these wars and these companies yet? Have you guys asked him that? Yeah, we've asked those questions, and there is, there is an illusory value. It is a mirage to believe that Hunter Biden was engaged in international business. This was uh, a bribe masquerading as an international business transaction. Nothing more, nothing more. Do you still feel the impeachment inquiry is heading in a direction where you'll actually be able to vote on articles of impeachment? Well, here we're asking questions about these corrupt business practices. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not really framing that through the lens of next steps. I'm just trying to get facts. Biden wrote that he joined the board to score Russia in his book. Why don't Republicans do their research? Why don't they read his book? I, I, uh, I, I have to say, I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty strange uh, statement. Either perhaps it jumps off the page when he says it in his own words. Do you think has he said anything that would specifically implicate the president? Have you seen evidence that the president was involved in those business dealings yet? I believe that you can actually bribe someone by paying their family members. Like I, I don't get this construct that unless Joe Biden himself received cash, that he somehow wasn't involved in the bribery operation. Joe Biden was doing the bidding of. Burisma. He was doing the bidding. All right, let's. Uh, I, I don't even like covering this damn subject because the Republicans have managed to fumble so <laughs> another thing. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. First of all, and you know the, the most it, part interesting part to me in that whole thing was the part where he said that uh, you know <laughs> that Hunter Biden claims that he's uh, in Burisma to confront yeah. Russia. You know, it's like give me a well, break. Then you what kind of? Yeah, exactly. Time. It's like what are you talking about? That yeah, makes no it, sense. Ended up in war, but here's the thing. And, and Matt Gates, to his credit. Um, you know, I, I love that line. It, it, did did this influence is is the um, is Biden in on the bribe? Yes, because even if he didn't get cash himself, his son did. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows here that this is so damn stinky right now mm-hmm. that his son, with no background in oil and natural gas, is on a board in Ukraine, and mm-hmm. Ukraine is a benefactor of all this money laundering from. U.S. taxpayers, like, come on! Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that is a joke, right? It's not like like Donald Trump's son being on some real estate board, like that would make sense, right? Hunter Biden has no sense in being on this board other than influence peddling. Mm-hmm. But here's what really upsets me: this is the thing that the Republicans, this whole thing's crashing down on them. It's just not looking good, and the media's turning against it. It's like. You guys have a judge that said one of the largest First Amendment violations in the history of this country was by the Biden administration censoring on social media platforms. It took off uh, pages like ours. Mm-hmm. Okay. And never an article of impeachment on that. Yeah. Because that's to me, when you violate the First Amendment as the president of the United States, your ass should have been kicked out of office. Mm-hmm. But nothing on that. Yeah. So it's just like it's such a joke that the one thing they're going after is something they're probably never going to prove. 
Right. They're going to play the song and dance. Everyone freaking understands that this thing is a conflict of interest. You can message on it without having these pointless things that are just going to mm-hmm. make you guys look like buffoons. Right. Leave I mean, the, the open borders, there, there's a million things to go after Joe Biden on that I'd agree that, you know, the Hunter Biden stuff, that's that's small peanuts. You know, it's like go after him on the on the border, go after him well, on the First Amendment. Vaccine mandates. He literally vaccine mandated mandates. vaccines with no authority. The, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court ruled against them. But mm-hmm. where's the impeachment on that? Mandating uh, experimental drug on right. on citizens is so ridiculously. It's so many people would have got that vaccine because of that. He should have been impeached on that alone. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing? We're going on something that's just like convoluted, and you'll probably never be able to prove jack shit from it. Yeah, you can prove the Biden administration was censoring the First Amendment rights of American citizens. He mm-hmm. should be thrown in office for that very reason right there. What a joke. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing. They claim Trump is overvaluing his assets. Well, what is Hunter Biden doing? Selling art for $500,000 a piece. If that's yeah, not I overvaluing would, I don't, I don't assets. Him, I don't want him going after that uh, either. Yeah, exactly. That, because that's, that's a dangerous too. slope. Right. By the way, I also think Hunter Biden, I have no problem that he smoked crack cocaine and bought a firearm. Right? Yeah. The only reason I have a think he should be prosecuted for it is because other people get prosecuted for it lying on a federal form. But quite frankly, that's a big loophole that needs to get closed is that like in Minnesota, marijuana is legal, but if you want to buy a firearm, you're actually uh, breaking the law buying a firearm. If you lie on your um, background check and say you haven't been using a, was a schedule one drug. Yeah. Is it, is it illegal to lie on a federal form? Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Shut up. <laughs> On my driver's license, I'm 5'6". Yeah. <laughs> but in din sh- Thanks. Thank you. Here, uh, you know, I also see. put this other Matt Gates video in here uh, for the government shutdown. It's just like a minute and a half. And, you know, he uh, explains the, the battle going on in Congress pretty well. And, uh, you know, Mike Johnson, he needs to step up to the plate. It sounds like he is fighting the Biden administration, putting forward an America First agenda. Uh, but, but Mike Johnson just came up with a deal. They continue not to be able to do their job. So we're yep. going to have another stopgap measure and extend the deadline to March 8th or whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be. What a joke. Oh, let's hear right. Matt Gates. This is where I really like to hear Matt Gates. Republicans is like watching a football team whose best play is the punt and the block. <laughs> I've tried to throw a few Hail Marys along the way, and I'm glad that we blocked the bad Langford amnesty bill, but we punted on needed FISA reforms. We blocked the McConnell supplemental for now, but we punt yet again on needed spending cuts. We blocked additional aid and additional U.S. involvement in this war in Ukraine, and indeed we punted Kevin McCarthy, who authorized $115 billion to Ukraine. But here we gather to punt yet again. Last I checked, the Republicans actually have a majority in the House of Representatives, but you wouldn't know it if you looked at our checkbook, because we are all too willing to continue the policy choices of Joe Biden and the spending levels of Nancy Pelosi instead of showing the will and the courage to say that this woke and weaponized government has to be defanged. It has to be attacked. It has to see reductions in spending. And while many Americans have lived most of their lives not actually paying a price for the national debt because we are 34 trillion in debt, because we are on our way to 50 trillion in debt, the Americans who work hard all over this country are seeing higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, higher interest rates, and all we seem to offer 
is low energy and low T in the face of those mounting challenges. We ought to be rejecting this CR. We ought to pass single subject spending bills and we ought to vote for the spending cuts that this country desperately needs. I yield back. Amen. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's so good on that. Yeah, so good on that subject. Oh yeah. No, I love that kid rock. I don't even understand the debt. Like, can't we just <laughs> keep doing it? It's like, exactly. It's yep. what they give you this perception. Mm-hmm. Chickens are going to come home to roost at some point. Right. Uh, we got to all the subjects. I mean, I don't know if we need to play this. Let's play this ad. This is so freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. We're on this thing. This is, this is apparently from 2022. We missed this one, July yeah. 6th. But this guy's running for Congress again, right? Yep. Yeah, he's running again. So, uh, and what's the district? Uh, uh, CD4 CD4 in Arizona. in Arizona, which is yep. like Phoenix and stuff. So long shot And, chance, you know, right? that's the thing. I looked at it. Yeah, it's like a plus, uh, I'd say plus 10, 15 district for the Democrats, maybe even a little little better than that. All right. I had a friend send this to me this morning. I had to, I had to show it. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen <laughs> angry Democrats in clan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic in all 30 rounds. <laughs> he should cue in the, uh, someone should cue in the, uh, fri- uh, what's that show, the movie called Friday? Friday, Friday Night Lights? No, it's just Friday. <laughs> oh, it was okay. uh, Chris Tucker going, day. <laughs> oh you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and apparently that guy he used to uh, he used to play for the Raiders. I was looking into him a little bit. So oh, he, really? he's a former NFL player and What's everything. His name so Jerome Jerome, uh, Jerome Davis or something? Davis Davison. Davison, okay. Yeah, no, he seems like an interesting guy and yeah, he wasn't the nominee last time, but he ran for the Republican nomination and uh you know, I, I like it. You know, I I like the ad. I think it's pretty cool and uh if he's a hardcore freedom guy, I'm all about it. What I'm curious about is who did he get to 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 be willing to do that to dress up. <laughs> yeah. As a so KKK I got a theory man. here, uh, and this is this is so funny. So let's. So it's kind of a good commercial, right? And yeah. Like it's gonna it's well get shot. your attention. And by the way, makes a great point. If you're a black person, like why should you be able to be armed? Because I don't know. There used to be public lynchings, right? Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> imagine he went to like all these resta- Republican establishment hacks. Go we got this great commercial and I need a bunch of you guys to act in it. Right. And they're yeah. like, Oh my God. That, yeah, we'll do it. So then he gets video footage of them putting on clan stuff to use against them in the oh future. See, yeah. Joe Frank is really a Klansman, man. And yeah. we can't have this kind of person representing Arizona for, I mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> see, I'd be like all on board for like the first 30 seconds. And I go, wait a second. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to pass on this one. Yeah, here, one yeah. Here's the outfit we've got for you. Yeah, one <laughs> photo, one photo taken out of context <laughs> could ruin so much of your life. Oh right? yeah, yep, for sure. I yeah, mean, I'm I mean, seeing, imagine uh, you could do this in movies and TV. Anyone playing that? Right? Have you mm-hmm. have you seen uh, the movie Black Klansman? Have you heard, I've heard of, of it? it? It's an A24 movie, so the same people as the Civil War one coming up, which is. Well, I'm curious how that's going to turn out politically. The groom, but. grooming uh, movie you're saying? Uh, civil War. <laughs> what? Grooming. It's a grooming movie. It's grooming you to get ready for Civil War. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that movie's got a bunch of actors in it who play just KKK members. Adam Driver's in it. He's a, he's a Jewish cop. He's great in that movie. And every single time I see those actors anywhere else now, I'm like, oh. 
y'all are y'all are gross i don't like you very much. yeah exactly which means they did a great job yeah you know i have this problem with adam driver because the first movie i saw him in he was playing a hipster in like new york he was like a aspiring uh filmmaker and it's got uh, ben stiller in it and he was some stupid hipster and i couldn't stand it and then they get him to play kayla or what is it kayla ren what is it kylo uh, ren kylo ren kylo ren kylo kylo ren yeah. i think i should know some i'm, I, I'm I don't a star wars, star wars fan anyhow it's like damn i can't get this hipster out of my mind by the way i'm gonna say something real controversial and we're gonna sign off Okay. I'm two thirds away into Oppenheimer and not really enjoying the movie what like I the? thought I would. <laughs> You're watching it in parts? I guess you John have Dawson, to. it's a three hour movie. My <laughs> God. Do not care. Do you know I when said... I get control of TV? It's like <laughs> ten o'clock at night. I, I have to I got like an hour I'm good for. And I'm gonna say this about the movie, okay? Oh my gosh. It's two hours no, it was, I think it was an hour forty nine in before they even test the first bomb. And yes. by the way, significantly better by that point. Right, well, it is bouncing around the timeline so much. I think that's what was bugging me. But you mm-hmm. realize that the old stuff is in black and white, and the new stuff is in color. I I got you on that, sure. but they bounce around so much, and I'm just like, where's the testing and the nuclear the re- bombs? No, they, well, okay, yeah, they, that's a good reason to watch the movies for the bomb, right? Yeah. But the movie is called Oppenheimer, not the nuclear bomb. Yes, he seems to be playing the character very well, but. He better win an Oscar for it, or else I'm gonna lie. <sighs> I don't know. I I thought I was gonna enjoy it a lot more. I'm I'm gonna just put it this way. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying I it's underperforming of my expectations. I did hype it up like crazy for you, but well, I mean, it wasn't just good. you. It was a lot. It, a lot of people think it's good. So now it could be I'm watching it too late at night. And did someone put spo- <laughs> spoiler? Oh, spoiler alert! Brad <laughs> <Red> Ganser. <laughs> You know, here's my movie review on the Titanic. You know, before the ship uh, sank, and then you'd get Brad Ganser. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah. Did, I've, I've told you before that I was named after Jack Dawson from that movie. Titanic. Yeah, you did. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And All I'm right. seeing Tucker also in the comments. He's got something about Ryan Long, a uh, funny video he put out there. I'll have to check that out, Tucker. I, I like Ryan Long. He's a funny comedian, so I'll have to see what that was all about. Okay, well, all right. Uh, thanks to Warden Wessel. Warden Wessel Realty, give Warren a call if you're buying or selling a home at 612-419-7453. Warren, I'll probably have that memorized in due time. We're just we're about a month into doing ad reads, so I'm still getting used to it. i got to read the number, 6127, shoot, 612-419-7453. I got it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You should just have it on speed dial. Put that in your phone. Warren Wessel, Warren Wessel Realty. And Alpine Cabinetry, thank you. Actually, thank you very much to everybody that does the Rumble Rants, keep the engine going. Go visit us on Locals. It's They can get to it right off our page, right? Yeah, I'm going to post the link again. Okay, post the link again. Actually, post it after, yeah, and then post it after the show, too, so people can see it. I'll put it in the comments. Like, subscribe. I don't know. I, listen, I just try to talk about the news <laughs> here. I'm not the best at selling the stuff on it. Um, as long as people keep tuning in, we'll keep doing stuff. we got to go shoot... Fast Five for today. Do you want to do Fast Five with me? You want to try it? No, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot. I'm we'll figure it spot. out. We'll see it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do that. And then Mark Bashovsky's got Scott Horton interview, which I can't wait for that show. Nice. He's in this here show. in yeah. 45 minutes. There you go. Well, thank you guys very much. We'll see you on Tuesday. Take care.